0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making theology central. Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, June the 18th, 2022. It is currently 8.42 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you once again from Abilene, Texas. Or as I sometimes say, I'm coming to you once again, two stories above a street right here in Abilene, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are, however you're listening, whenever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Now, I don't know if you remember, not too long ago, I did part one of, I guess what we we referred to this as a, we referred to the message as what, 300 uh, what did we refer to it as? Let me see if I can find the uh, original message. Let's see if I can find it. Um, let me see here. Um, I have to find it. It's down here somewhere. I referred to it as $395,000 before June the 30th. $395,000 before June the 30th. And the reason I did this is because I received an email from, well, Moody Church Media, Pastor Erwin Lutzer, and they were basically telling me, look, things are bad. We need $395,000 before June the 30th, because if we don't receive it, we're not going to be able to do this, and and, and everything is bad in the world, and and we need money. Now remember, they sent me the email. I didn't go looking for it. So I I did a part one where we just kind of looked at the email and just kind of talked about it, and, and I said, I guarantee you I'm going to get another. I said, I'm going to get another, and ultimately I did. I got another another email from them asking for 300 still asking for $395,000. They never they didn't say, "Hey, from the time we sent the first email, we've received 200,000, so we need, you know, we need just a little bit more. We've received 300,000, we just need, you know, $95,000 more to to finish our goal." No, no update didn't tell you how much they received, nothing. They just, they still need $395,000 before the end of this month. And they went on telling us, you know, we need the money because things are bad. You know, people are, are, are moving away from the gospel and, 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 and the gospel's under attack and just basically telling you everything is bad. We need money. Now, I, I believe I'll, I will probably receive another email as we get close to the end of June the 30th or maybe even after June the 30th, and then they will tell me probably, praise God, we met the goal until, well, probably three, four months later, and then guess what? They'll need money again. I don't know. The whole thing drives me crazy. So we we did two parts talking about it, and I raised some, some I think, important questions, and we'll talk about those questions in a minute. But I received an email in regards to some of that, and the, and the person made some very interesting comments and pointed us, well, to something I want to point you to, to a, a ministry that's available in the Sermons 2.0 app, Sermons audio. Uh, probably the Church One app, and it, it may be something that you want to uh, look at. If you have the Sermons 2.0 app, you can follow them, and then anytime new content arrives, it will be in your feed. And so I'm always pointing people to, to other ministries, to other content. Remember, we have an entire series uh, for you know the Christian Podcast Spotlight, where I try to point you to other podcasts to subscribe to, to listen to, because there's so much content out there, well, to benefit you spiritually, to help you grow, and I want to point you to as many different things as possible, But it, and that, and you may say, well, what does that have to do with the $395,000 Moody Church Media is trying to raise? Well, it has a lot to do with it, if you remember part two of our kind of mini-series looking at this fundraising attempt. But someone sent me an email, and I'm going to read, I'm not going to read all of it, but there's different sections of it that I think fit perfectly with what, with what we've discussed. Here's the first thing they said. The hair on crisis mode. The hair on fire crisis mode. A lot of ministries operate, a lot, not just ministries, I mean, everything in our world, everything, you know, our hair is on fire. We're all going to die. It's the end. It's, it, you need to listen to me. It, it, it's it, This is a constant. Everything is bad. Everything is falling apart. We're all going to die. The end is near. As so many podcasts and radio programs and ministries, that, that, that's their way of operating. And it's always like, everything's falling apart. You need me. Everything's falling apart. You need me. Now, I'm it, you got to have balance here. On one hand, you can't just say everything's wonderful, everything's great, everything's amazing. No, you've got to acknowledge the issues happening, but it just seems that in many cases, the crises, the the bad times are really leveraged for the advantage of that particular ministry, that particular podcast, that particular radio program. And so you want? Do they really care about the problem, or are they simply using the problems to, well, well to leverage a situation where you've got to give them three hundred ninety five thousand dollars by the end of the month? There's a fine line there between hey, people, there's a problem, versus hey, there's a problem, give me money. Hey, there's a problem, and you you have to listen to me. You have to subscribe to me. It's hard to find that balance, where you are turning on a microphone or you're, or you're doing something to really try to help people with the problem versus you're simply utilizing the problem for your own, your own advancement, your own advantage. It, 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 there's, there's, it's a, it's a fine line there. And you, you can probably, we could probably disagree on where that line is, but I think, I think it's important, but th- they go on to say the hair on fire crisis mode, most organized organizations operate in has given me crisis fatigue. Now, I think that's important. If everyone's screaming, crises, crises, crises. If everyone's screaming, it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. We're all going to fall apart. We're all going to, you know, we're all going to die. Then at some point, you just like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, remember the uh, terrorism alerts they used to have? They used to play us on television where, you know, we're raising the ter- terrorist alert to this or we're raising the terrorism alert to this. And after a while, people was like, whatever, I don't even care anymore what color represents what. And everyone just kind of shrugged their shoulders and didn't care anymore. Crises fatigue. I think that's a great term that can happen. It's just like and and I've talked about it before. I mean, I can remember when I mean, I, we could, I could go back to the 1990s. Uh, the prophecy club i've talked about that program so many it was constant it's over the new world order is about to be uh, formed we're, we're all going to be microchipped we're all going to we're going they're going to round us up they're going to take our bibles they're going to shut down our churches it's uh, it's over you know the antichrist is about to be revealed it's it's the end it, well here we are 2022 that was during the 90s then i remember during the obama administration we're all going to be placed in fema camps they've ordered hundreds of thousands of body bags they're going to start killing us we're going to be microchipped because the obama health Plan. It, 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 this is it. And well, here we are, 2022. Every time we turn around. Now, the problem is you can get crisis fatigue and so, so tired of hearing it that then you kind of ignore when there's real issues to be dealt with. You got to find that balance. So I, I I love that phrase, crisis fatigue, but they go on to say, let me reread this again the hair on fire crisis mode most organizations operin, operate in. Has given me crisis fatigue. What's that old saying about your failure to plan not being my emergency? Now, now the uh, the person in the email is switching back to our discussion. Well, actually both comments, but he's going back to the fact that in the emails I received from Moody Church Media saying they need $395,000, I think in the second email they mentioned, it may have been in the first as well, that, hey, during the summer months our giving drops dramatically. So we need $395,000 because the summer months, you've got to keep us going through the summer so that we can reach people, so that we can take a stand against the culture that's turning its back on God, whatever the case may be. But it's, hey. The summer, we know every year the summer gets bad when it comes to giving. So this person says, what's that old saying about failure to plan not being my emergency? What were they doing during the the seven fat months to to get through the lean summer months? If they knew giving slowed in the summer, that's a great point. If they knew that summer giving slows down, what were they doing how were they were they cutting budgets were they managing the money better what what were they doing but this is the this happens every this happens every year it's like during the summer giving drops so we need money then, oh, make sure you get your tax-deductible gift in by the end of the year so you can, uh, you know, you can use it as a tax write-off. Yeah, there's always there's always a reason why they need the money at that moment. This is the time. Ta- hey, you know, it, it's the Christmas season, and a lot of times people are giving gifts to lots of different things, and you may forget your favorite ministry. Don't forget us during this time of year. There's, They use everything, summer, holidays, taxes, crises. They'll use anything they can to motivate you to give them money. And it's its just, I—I I, I, to me, it, it's like we have to come up with the hook. What are we going to hook them with? Well, we got to have a hook instead of just saying, hey guys, ministry costs money. If you find this ministry being a blessing to you, then support us. I have nothing, I don't have a problem with asking it just it, the, all the little tricks and manipulation um, that is crazy. So now this is where really what I wanted to get to. So so they address some of the things we talked about. Now in my last episode on three hundred ninety five thousand dollars before June thirtieth, I, I it was kind of just a stream of consciousness. I kind of just started thinking out loud, and I know it proved to be somewhat controversial, and not everyone loved my thoughts. But I just started thinking, when it comes to these ministries that offer, you know, ask you for $395,000, in fact, the day that I did that uh, broadcast episode, that, that podcast episode, the day I did that, I received another email from a different ministry asking for $80,000 by the end of that specific day. I almost came back and did and turned on the microphone and talked about it again, but I didn't want to just, you know, all of a sudden that's all I do is just do podcast episodes about the emails I receive from ministries asking me for money. But it's just never ending. It's always like, we need money, we need money, we need money, we need money. But I started raising some questions that I know may be somewhat controversial, but I'm going to return to them here for just a second because this person and the email, well, they, they really go all out of their way to kind of prove my point. For $395,000 to Moody Church Media, now we don't know exactly what the money goes to because they don't identify where, where your money is going to go to in the email. I don't know if it's going to support the Running to Win uh, radio broadcast by Erwin Lutzer. Which is nothing more than their edited sermons broken down into 15 minute segments. I think there's a 25 minute edition of Running to Win. But in either case, it's just the sermons preached at Moody Church that's just edited down and aired on radio. They're not producing any additional content. Moody Church airs their sermons. There's the full sermons. Okay. What, what are you, in other words, what are you getting for $395,000? It's gonna. It costs. They need three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, I guess, just to make it through the summer, right? So I, I sometimes I think, if you think of all the money that goes to these ministries to keep them operating, right? They have a staff, they have headquarters, they need all of this money, and you're just like, what are you actually getting for the money? What I mean, what are you actually getting? A thirty-minute a day radio program? That's worth. You know, I mean, look, there's there's ministries out there that are well-respected. And if you start doing a little bit of research about how much money they bring in each month or year, it's in the millions of dollars. And you're like, okay, so for millions of dollars, I get a 30-minute radio program Monday through Friday. What? It it takes millions of dollars. And I know most of those radio ministries that are bringing in millions of dollars are constantly asking for money. You think about it, those broadcasts are nothing more than the edited sermon preached at the church. So the church is bringing in money. Then in many cases, they, they have the church ministry. Then they have the radio ministry, which is again, nothing more than the sermons edited down from what that is preached at the church. In other words, there's no additional cost in producing it. There's no really additional cost in there's no additional time in creating it. You preach one sermon, you edit it down. That can take two, maybe three radio broadcasts, and then you put it on the radio. And then that that radio ministry or, the, or online ministry now becomes basically a, a, a source of revenue bringing in millions. And it, it, you look at it. So what are people getting? They're, they're sending all of this money. For edited sermons that are preached at a church, that they only get a 30-minute episode Monday through Friday. And it does, it's like, the cost, the the cost of money, or the cost that it takes to operate this ministry, supposedly, versus what you actually get. It's like a cost analysis kind of thing. It's like, okay, so this ministry requires this much money, and this is what they give you. And you're just like, I don't know if that's a good investment. I don't. I don't. I don't know. That's. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a good investment in any way, shape, or form. And then I, I start thinking about, in many cases, and this is where it gets a little controversial. You look at churches, and how much money it costs to operate some of these large churches, where it, where it almost. I, th- I think there's a point where it almost flips. From like, okay, it's a church to it almost turns into like a business, right? Where it require they've got a staff and they got this and they got that. And it's like, we're, we're, how much of the money going to the church is for actual ministry versus for basically upkeep, salary, in other words, just administrative costs. And then sometimes you look at it and you're like, and then you look at how much ministry is the church actually producing? Because in most churches, what, what's the ministry they're producing? Maybe Sunday school, okay? Maybe one sermon maybe for on a sunday sometimes maybe they'll do multiple services but it's just the same sermon preached so you really get one sunday school lesson maybe one sermon so in many cases they don't even have a sunday night service in many cases their wednesday night service is nothing more than a devotional so you're like so this is how much money it's taking to operate the church for a year this is the the, the this is the amount of ministry that is that the church is providing Right, this many sermons, that many Sunday school lessons, and it costs this much to operate it for a year. You you start thinking, is it? W- w- there's got to be a better way because if 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 it's taking, let's, let's just just use the number, say hundred thousand dollars, to operate to uh to maintain the church for a year, and then at the end of that year, you have got a hundred thousand dollars. You find out that eighty thousand. Seventy thousand, well over, well over the the fifty percent mark. Sixty, sixty to seventy percent of the income went to just basically maintain the church, maintain the building, uh, pay the salaries, uh, whatever materials that are needed. It just it goes to that, and then the actual money that actually would produce ministry is only around twenty percent. And then you look at the amount of ministry produced. Then you have to ask yourself, is that even worth that 20% of money that goes just directly to the ministry? Because in many cases, I don't think churches are producing that much ministry. I, I think that they I, I, there's so much other things going on. He's like, what, what are they actually doing? What, what, what are they actually producing of content that really helps spiritual growth? we i asked the question i did a podcast episode i don't even remember how long ago this was i think it's been maybe maybe in 2022 it may have been in 2021 where i just started asking the question if you looked if you were to take a piece of paper and write down the top like five things that have contributed most to your spiritual growth right like i mean things that you think are absolutely key in helping you grow spiritually teaching you, building you up, uh, helping you not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, whatever the case may be, what would be those five th- th- sources for that for that spiritual edification? And you could put things like church, Christian radio, podcast, whatever the case may be, books, devotional material, wherever wh- whatever the case may be. And almost, I think almost hands down, almost everyone who did respond, I, I don't think anyone said church. It was either devotional materials, books, podcasts, sermons online. It was all these other things. And you're like, wait a minute. So, so wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that most people are being growing spiritually more so they're being ministered more so from things other than the church. Yet churches require all of this money to maintain. It's like, how does this work? Now you could argue, well, wait a minute. You could argue well, wait a minute, those sermons are being preached in churches. So without those churches, those sermons would not be online. That would be at least somewhat of a good argument. But in many cases, the people are being ministered to by sermons online, not from their local church. (laughs) They're being ministered more by sermons not from their local church. So then how, how, how do you... How do you process that from like cost effective, like how does that work? Again, I'm just raising the questions because, and the only reason I'm thinking this way is it's just like when your ministry needs that much money to operate, I think it's, I think it's correct. And I think it's it's acceptable for me to go, where's all that money going to? What is it actually, what are we actually doing with it? And I, I think it's a very important question, but- the emailer goes on to say this, all right? They uh, they say I'm not sure these empires are necessary, which is where I, I start calling into question some of these. They says you can get a Bible for thirteen dollars at Walmart in your choice of three different translations. Now that that you can buy a Bible for thirteen dollars, all right? That that doesn't require much, okay. Um, if you can, and then if you just take the sermons 2.0 app, sermons, sermon audio, or any, there's lots of different platforms you can look at. But if you just look at this one, they, they point this out. If you continuously listen to sermon audios, free content, you would need 178 years, 45 weeks and some change. If if you just took the sermons 2.0 app and you just took that app, you bought a $13 Bible, Right, so I would say you buy a thirteen dollar Bible, you buy a notebook and a, and a pencil. All right, all right. You're probably you're probably still going to be what maybe 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 thirty dollars, maybe forty dollars. So you buy a thirteen dollar Bible, you buy a notebook, you buy a pencil. Most likely, you already have a phone. You download the Sermons 2.0 app, which is free. You can download the Sermons.net app. You can download the Edify Christian Podcast app. There's lots of different platforms, but you can download Sermons 2.0 app. Just because we have some statistics here, and that's all you had, right? You didn't have one. You, that's, that's it. Okay, well, just think, if you continuously listen to Sermon Audio's free content, you would need 178 years and 45 weeks and some change. In other words, there is more content there than you could listen to in a lifetime. There's more ministry content there than you could listen to in a lifetime. And all it would cost you is $13 for the Bible, a notebook, a pencil, and then you could sit here and just feed yourself spiritually. You could just feed yourself spiritually. That, that just demonstrates, so wait a minute, so why I, I, I don't, and, and, I, and just think about the cost for, for someone to be on that platform only costs them $50 a month. So for the ministry to get on the platform, it's $50 a month, right? Then they can put all the content in the world there. They don't have to charge anyone for it. So if if, if they needed someone to help support that, you would just need to be able to raise $50 a month for it. Okay, maybe maybe, maybe the ministry would need, say, $100 a month just to support everything, the time, the effort, the computer, their internet connection, whatever. All right, so it would, it would be about $100 a month, let's say, total cost to help support everything they're doing. And then they could produce all the content in the world. And why would they need $395,000? They can do live broadcast from that platform, they could they have an archive. there's a, a mobile app, the, the church one app that people could use. You, they think of all that they, they could the, all the ministry they could produce for50 dollars a month. They could hook up a microphone, go live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. they could go live in the morning, go live in the afternoon, go live live in the evening. Now of course, then for them to be able to do that. Uh, of course, they would have to have income coming in somehow. But the, but the point is, you can produce ministry for relatively cheap. For relatively cheap, ministry can be produced. And I go back to the times when when some churches, some famous ministries, were charging you a dollar download per sermon, and nobody raised a question. Go oh, wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no! Small churches are putting their stuff online for free. Why is this? Because because the celebrity once the, once you reach enough uh, once you become one of those pastors that reach celebrity status and I'm not I'm not saying celebrity status in a in a way that ref, reflects bad theology I'm saying celebrity stat, status because you are, have great theology and you are a great preacher once you reach a certain status then for some reason you can charge for your ministry which then raises all kinds of questions the point is there is so much ministry available online. For relatively cheap and can be put there for relatively cheap. So what is the deal with these empires and these ministries? Again, the it, the cost the cost analysis drives me crazy. And again, many of these churches that bring in all kinds of money, you sit there and go, what? So so what? What are you what are you doing with? Where, where's your ministry? Where, where, where's the ministry for that? Well, I mean, we have services on Sunday, okay. And what do you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what content are you producing? What ministry are you doing? And it's almost, it, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it just seems like that, that, that there was a, a template handed down going, this is the way we operate. And no one ever raised the question going, hmm, what else could we be doing? What else could we be doing? And uh, I, I, I've often said that even, even from early on, Early on, I, I used to raise the question, like you drive by these churches, these huge churches, that who knows how much how many people is on staff, who don't know how much it costs to even maintain the building, and you look at them and you're like, okay, they're packed on Sunday. So what, what happens there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Like what are they doing? I used to say, Well, why don't why don't you have a service on a Saturday night? Why don't you like why don't you do more there? Why is why is it more ministry occurring? And you never really seem to get a good answer. It's like, but we have, so all of this money to maintain this thing, but very little ministry is actually occurring. So I, I, I can't, I just write back to, I, what, what, Again, one ministry, three, well, that's just one ministry, $395,000. Another ministry needed 80000 And And I'm just, i always getting these emails, and I'm just like, I, just, I don't think you produce enough material that would even make it worth that much money. I don't even know what you're doing with it. And so right here, we just see, you can buy a Bible for $13, get a notebook, a pencil, grab the Sermons 2.0 app, and then you could sit there for the rest of your life for the rest of your life, just feeding yourself spiritually, learning, growing, and you would have all the ministerial content you would need. And just that whole process, the whole process for the person producing the content for them to be on that platform is $50 a month. And you just look at that and you're like, that seems to be more cost-effective way of doing ministry than all of these other things, but I'm not saying, and close down the church. I'm not saying that because I believe, obviously, there's a, biblical, there's a biblical precedent, obviously, for having church and people showing up to church and and the Lord's Supper, baptism. I understand those kinds of concepts. By, by no means am I saying throw, throw it completely out. I'm just saying, do you ever stop and ask yourself, when you drive up to your church, when you drive up to your church, Think about all the money it costs to operate that church for one year, for one year. And then think about how much ministry is this church producing? Literally, how much ministry? And where are you getting fed more spiritually? Are you being fed more by your church? Are you being fed by something else? And then you have to ask yourself, so we're, we're spending all of this money for this church. But I'm getting fed spiritually mainly outside of this church. First, you would think your money would then go to the place that's feeding you more so than to the place that's not. But then you would call into question, why isn't my church doing more to feed me? Why? I mean, I think these, these are serious questions that have to be asked and, or at least struggled with. I, and, and I'm not saying there's an there's not an easy, I'm not saying there's an easy answer here. I just think that sometimes we just, I just, I just don't get it. I just, I just don't understand. There's a church when I drive, if I drive, when I drive to ch- our church, uh, which is Victory Baptist in the middle of nowhere, Texas, if I go through Tuscola, Texas, there is some Church of Christ churches there. I think there's one, maybe two. I think there's one. And I think all they have, for their church is Sunday morning service. That's it. They don't have a Wednesday night. They don't have a Sunday night, just Sunday morning. I'm like, they have a building. And I'm like, what What are they doing with that building? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What are they doing? What are they doing with the building? What? 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 And, and some say, well, what, what do you want them to do in the building? You just think that they, they could be using that building to produce ministerial content. Hook up a microphone, do live broadcasts, do something. They're, they're, because it just seems like we're, The cost versus the amount of ministry produced. All right? So this person just demonstrated for for you can gain access to all. I mean, again, just the Sermons 2.0 app, the Edify Christian podcast app. I think they boast over 2 million Christian podcasts. If you just take the Edify Christian podcast app and Sermons 2.0 app, you could never... you would have to have a hundred lifetimes, and you could never make it through all of the messages and the podcast and the teaching and the discipleship and the and the lectures. you, you could not even make it through it all it, it, you there's just no way, but it's all right there available to you, all right there available to you. and I think because technology at some point i i, I it's not going to be my generation. I think it's going to be the younger generation, maybe Gen Z or maybe the next generation, someday they're going to look and go, wait, why do we do it this way? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And And I think there's going to be questions raised. I don't know what that means for what the church will look like in the future. I just think things are changing. Things are changing. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm not saying all the changes are going to be good biblically. Hear me out. But I think some of those changes are going to just be made because it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. But you can tell me there. But here's what I wanted to do. I know I spent 30 minutes doing that. But here's what I really wanted to accomplish. Because those, those questions just still, they just still drive me crazy. It still drives me crazy uh, and, and how it works. I just, I, just, I just don't understand. Like I've said, I've said so many times, $300,000. $395,000. I don't even know. Like I like I I I mean I produce a a thousand times more ministerial content than than Moody Church media. I I I'll put the amount of content we produce down. Now now, again, now maybe that refers to Moody Radio. Maybe it refers to Moody Radio. Maybe so then, then they would beat me, but just for Erwin Lutzer and running to win in the Moody Church Hour, we produce far more content, almost 900 episodes a year. So I, I, you know, we, we definitely, now you could say, well, they do it better. Well, maybe, but for $395,000, is it that much better? But so when you look at that, it just seems crazy. And I, and I, cause I've just said, and I was getting ready to say $395,000. I wouldn't even know what to do. Oh, I, I would like. What do I do with 395,000 dollars? Like, what, what would my ministry do with 395,000 dollars? I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, I, you you just like, what do you do with that? I, you know, it, it would be like, forget 395,000. 5,000. 10,000 would be life-changing to a small ministry. It would be literally life-changing. But these gigantic ministries continue to bring in the money, and I think most of it goes to administrative cost. I really do, because I don't know how you could say most of it goes to ministry, because in many cases, their ministry is nothing more than their edited sermons that they preach on Sunday. It makes no sense to me. All right, but this is what this person says, all right? Um, that, well, they say, they go on to say, if you continuously listen to Sermon Audio's free content, you need 178 years, 45 weeks, and some change. Even Methuselah would have trouble getting through all that content in a lifetime. Access to the gospel doesn't seem to be the major issue. I think the real need is a revival of the spirit of Christ. That's probably very true. And then they provide a link. And I clicked on the link and it says, welcome to the foundations group. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to just point you to the foundations group. I have not had a chance to spend time listening, but I love pointing everyone to listens to this podcast to different content because I want you to have so much available to you. I want you... Every day to have things that you go, I can listen to this, I can listen to this, I can listen to this, so that you can grow spiritually, so you can be challenged, you can hear different perspectives, you can grow, and then hopefully you have all of that content that you can share with others to help disciple other people, to help them along as well. There's just, with technology, there's so much we can do. But if you go to the Sermons 2.0 app, in fact, let me verify this because I don't want to give you false information. If you go to the Sermons 2.0 app and you just type in the foundations group it's going to show up. It's going to be right there. The foundations group. You type in the foundations group, it'll say broadcasters. You, you, you tap on that. They've currently have 400 sermons available. 400. Just think how long that would take you. You can hit the follow button. And then there, you can, you can uh, start listening to their content. But this is the description about the foundations group. It says, about us. We are in a war. The Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. If we can keep this in mind, it will help us to be vigilant, sober, and awake to the fact that our adversary is seeking for ways to minimize or completely disable our usefulness and advancing the kingdom of God in our generation. And I would say not only is the enemy out to completely disable our usefulness, we typically have a way of disabling our own usefulness because our own foolishness, our own pride, and our own desires and lust we we can in many cases just destroy our own usefulness without even the help of satan but we have an adversary out there working in the uh, in the same situation but to disable our usefulness in advancing the kingdom of god and our generation and it seems that unlikely uh, that unlike any day prior mostly due to the explosion of always on always accessible technology combined with the never ending buffet of addictive media Uh, intentionally designed to keep the viewers coming back for more. These are formable forces at work that are battling hard for our attention, our affections, and our time. Unfortunately, this is also affecting our ability to communicate the gospel to the rising, to the rising generation. A generation that is increasingly unable to sit still, listen, focus, meditate, contemplate, or worship. But as pastors and church leaders, we must come to terms with the reality that we are not immune to this same problem. Do we find it difficult to spend an hour in prayer? Is it increasingly difficult to spend prot- protracted periods of time meditating on God's word without interruption? If it isn't our devices, it's the legitimate cares and concerns of life and family or the continual stream of updates that feed us news of what they what of what others are saying or doing all these distractions demand our attention so what's the solution when the early church faced its own encroaching distractions the response of the apostles was we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word the foundations group seeks to encourage the church to take up this challenge of giving ourselves wholeheartedly to extraordinary applications of prayer and the word the very foundations of ministry jim elliot once said wherever you are be all there let us learn to shut the door of our prayer closets let us shut down every distraction every diversion and even every device that competes for our time and affection let us take steps uh, let, let us take a step of faith let us give ourselves to prayer, preaching and the pursuit of God. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. Now, that's kind of their focus. Hey, there's everything may be crazy right now. there may be all of these distractions. everything may be insane. What we need to dedicate ourselves to is prayer and the word of God and that's what the Foundation's group attempts is attempting to do. and they have you can start listening to their sermons. The latest sermons right now is remembering God's word and word from Deuteronomy 7:17 7, through21. It was pu- published June the 17th, 2022. Then, of course, makes me nervous, but I haven't listened to it yet. I, 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 I hope it's a more biblical approach. Well, uh, this is from 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, the prayer of Jabez. Then the third one is Christ the Sovereign King, which was June the 15th. So it almost seems like daily they post a sermon focused on God's word, focused on prayer, and well there to help you grow spiritually. It's there on the Sermons 2.0 app. It's absolutely free. Look them up follow them. And uh, I, I just, I want you to have access to as many things as possible. That That's what I want you to have. Again, it's called the Foundations Group. Sermons 2.0 app. Maybe at some point we'll review one of the sermons because I think that would just be fun. Not not, not for criticism. Remember when I review sermons, I don't listen to them first so that I can find one that I think is going to be bad. I just like hearing different perspectives, and sometimes by reviewing it, it motivates people to then go listen to well more of that content. so if I can accomplish that, that would be good. I was going need to, to do that now, but I knew I had all those other things to discuss. so there you have it so let's let 's wrap this up this way. This all started when Moody Church Media sent me an email asking for three hundred and ninety they needed three hundred and ninety five thousand dollars by the end of this month. Then they sent me another email, still telling me they needed $395,000. They didn't even reduce the amount or even give an update to the previous email. Um, and it's just started raising questions about ministries and what, how much money it takes for them to operate and how much ministry is actually being produced. I want you to just think about this. The foundations group, just think about this. If we just take the foundations group, forget me, Forget every other ministry. It appears, let me see how consistent this is. I'm looking. It looks like maybe maybe, maybe an exception here or there. Okay, yeah, here or there I can see it. It's almost amounts to, close to, just the foundations group alone. It almost looks like a sermon per day. One sermon per day one sermon per day there's a there's a day here or there where one is skipped but it seems like almost a sermon per day that's a full sermon not a 30 minute edited sermon not no full sermons one a day just the foundations group now you you, you see how that works you you see that like wait a minute that's from a cost effective standpoint that, that's how much ministry is being produced there that's that's far more ministry than being produced by your local church now, yes, these sermons are probably preached in local churches all right so those churches are needed but you you just see again, I have to raise that question how much ministry is being produced by your church? And, when, and it, it was just shocking to me when I asked people, "Where do you? What is the thing contributing most to your spiritual growth?" No, almost, no, almost everyone pointed to something other than their church. At least first. Oh, their church may appear third or fourth on the list. Some it didn't even appear anywhere. Not even in the top five. And I'm like, whoa. So think about how much money it costs for your church to operate, and then just think about wait, what what that you're you're actually being spiritually fed somewhere else. It's like, what? I, do, do you not see a problem with that? Do you not see a problem with that? And many pastors get very, very, very defensive when, when if, say someone goes to their pastor and say, look, I just, I'm just not being fed. I need, and I'm like, well, that's not my problem. You know, you, you can, you get a, you can, you can do that at home. Well, if I'm, I'm doing it at home, then what's the point of this? Now I'm not saying that there's no point in the church because again, It's the place where we come together. It's the place where the Lord's Supper, the baptism. I I understand that there's other purposes for it, but I'm just saying you it at least raises the question where now the average person they want spiritual edification, they want spiritual food, they want, they want uh you know, spiritual knowledge, they want to grow in in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, They want to be taught the word of God so they're no longer tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Now the person could just grab their phone and go, boom, boom, boom. All right, I got four sermons I'm going to listen to today. I got a notebook. I got a $13 Bible from Walmart. Here I go. In fact, I don't even need to go to Walmart to buy a $13 Bible. They can download the U version of the Bible, or there's all kinds of Bible apps. They can have the Bible right there on their phone. They can have the Bible. They can have a notebook. They can say, "Let's go." And then by the end of the day, I've said it before. If you just take all of the content available online and you spend and you're disciplined yourself to listen to it, you basically can get a seminary education every year without even with just what's available online. And many of that is done by small churches or small ministries, but yet these larger ministries still, I, I need again. I, I it just I, I'm just baffled by it. I'm just baffled by baffled by it. And I and I and, and I call and I am going to say this. I do call into question the the way it works. You have famous minister, maybe a famous church. They take sermons preached at that church. They edit it, they edit them down to about a 25-minute uh, time frame, right? They edit it down to about 25 minutes, that they place an intro and they place a conclusion there, kind of their intro and their outro, and then they send that off to Christian radio, wherever, in many cases, Christian radios don't charge the ministries to being on there, in some cases they may charge them a small amount, so they put they put the sermons out there. Then, somewhere in those sermons, at the beginning or the end, they say, hey, you know, if you are, if you are being fed by this preaching, you know, please consider supporting this ministry because we cannot do this without your tax deductible gift. Please give us money. You find out that some of these ministries are bringing in millions of dollars, but they're bringing in millions of dollars when all they are are edited sermons being preached at the church where the church should already be supporting them. Why isn't the church supporting the ministry? And so people are giving this a, a ministry that's already connected to a massive church with 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 people. And in many cases, they they separate the radio ministry from the church ministry, almost like two separate institutions. And you're like, why? So you're telling me it costs you millions of dollars to air edited sermons that were preached in a church. And, and nobody no, nobody ever stops and goes I, this doesn't make any sense to me it it doesn't make any sense to me i i I don't understand it I don't understand it i I just don't and I know you're like, man, but I just think about those those ministries that you have you, look i i let me make it very clear I am not saying that they're not beneficial I, I've talked about it before my spiritual discipleship. Did not occur inside a church. Okay, I the 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 discipleship I received as a young Christian was from an older woman who I would go to her house after school, sit on the floor. She sat in her rocking chair, and she seemed to know everything. Not inside the church. Now it was someone that was at the church, but there was this older woman who taught me, who discipled me. Not my pastor. Not not any program in the church. Not Sunday school. Not even the sermons. I learned more from her. And then after, and then some days, once I left her house, I would run home. I had three notebooks and a a radio and a a Bible. And what I I would listen to, uh, Chuck Swindoll, uh, John MacArthur, and Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel. Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel, my notebook was empty. I never got anything from him. I don't know why. Swindoll taught me the importance of application and MacArthur taught me the importance of of verse-by-verse exposition, all right? Those were very instrumental, very instrumental. And so I'm very grateful for those radio programs. I don't want you to think that I'm not. But after years of thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. They're just edited sermons from their churches. But now there's these separate insta- you know, grace to you or insight for living. You know, uh, I can't remember what Chuck, Smith, Chuck Smith's thing was called. Now, these are separate radio ministries that they would get money and they would bring in millions separate from the church. And you were like, wait a minute. You, I don't understand how this is working. This just seems bizarre to me. Why would why wouldn't the church be supporting that ministry? <laughs> right? I mean, how much money does it cost to air edited sermons? I don't understand how much does it cost. And then typically, when the Christian radio stations are raising money, they always say, "Look, we don't charge these ministries to air on our airwaves, so we need you to send us money." So that we can do this. But then the ministry will say, hey, we can't do this without your money. So, where? So the church needs the money. So that to pay the salary so the person can, well, I guess preach those sermons that ministers to so many people, then that ministry that now takes the edited sermons to to send them to Christian radio, they need money because now they have a staff and they have everything. They need money. And then the Christian radio that airs it, it needs money. And then you just look at the entire system and you're like, this does not make any sense. And in some cases, the minister is getting a salary not only from the church, He's also getting a salary from the radio ministry, and I'm like, "How are you getting a salary from the radio ministry? You're not doing anything. <laughs> it's your edited sermon. You, the whole thing is just like this doesn't make any sense." And the average Christian, you can't blame them. They're just go. They're just like, "Okay, I'm being blessed by this. I'll, I'll be blessed by this. I'll, I'll support that, and I understand wanting to support it because in many cases, sadly." You're growing more from that, that than you are from your church. But you just have to go, I, I, the whole system. And it just like, I think what happens is the system begins to build and then it turns into an industry. And there's a lot of things that come into question there. So I just wanted to at least just kind of wrap all of this up. Whenever I get the last email from Moody Church Ministry telling me that they raised the 395000 We'll, we'll probably, I'll probably do a, like a, a part three to that, but I appreciate the person emailing me and I appreciate them pointing me to the foundations group because they, they understand that, that we, that the problems in the world will only be met through the, through prayer and the word of God. And, but it once again demonstrates here, it's right there available to you for free. Now, of course, I'm not saying don't support them. Right, because well, the, ministry ministry does cost money. Look, I, I don't want anyone want to minimize that. Ministry does cost money. It does. But how how does it work? Like, how does the the whole financial structure work? I mean, I I, I was baffled to learn at how it works in many cases. Here's the church, pastor preaches a sermon, edited sermon is put on radio. So what do they do? They create a separate ministry. Separate from the church, okay, called like Grace to You or Insight for Living, whatever. So you have the church, now you have the radio ministry, right? Two separate entities. And in many cases, the church, I guess, is not supporting the radio ministry because the radio ministry is usually bringing in millions of dollars for that, for that by itself, okay? And in many cases, you'll find that the pastor is receiving a a salary as pastor and receiving a salary from the church for the radio ministry. Or the, the, he's getting a salary from the money brought in by the radio ministry, and then you're just like, wait, so two salaries, two separate entities, but it's the same sermon preached at the church, just edited down. And then you have you have the church staff, and then you end up with the radio ministry staff. They have the call center, they have the whatever, they, all the different things, and you and they have a staff there, and you're like, so you've got two separate staffs two separate entities, all for, all based off one, off the same sermon. And you just like, somebody doesn't raise their hand and go, I, this, this can't be all the money coming in. I, I want you to realize all the money coming into the church and all the money coming into that separate entity, guess what it's going to. Most of that's going to other. It's not going to ministry because it's just one sermon, that's just edited down. It's not like additional content. It's not like, Hey, you know, let, let's just use grace to you. Hey, we're grace to you. We're the radio ministry of John MacArthur. Okay. Well, it would be one thing. It's like, okay. Hey, t- earlier today, we're going to air the sermon, a part of the sermon that I preached last Sunday. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do a devotional message. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk. And I'm like doing hours of, of, of special, unique Content creation, then you would be like, "Wow, okay, I can see why. I can see why we're supporting this." But it's just the sermon. <laughs> it's just the <a> sermon. What? <laughs> like, what? What's happening here? What's? Well, I, I don't understand the way it's it's designed. I know, I know, I'm, I know, I'm raising all of these questions. Maybe you've never even thought about it. Maybe I shouldn't think about it, but. I do. So check out the Foundations Group. It's free. It's on the Sermons 2.0 app, which that app alone give you enough spiritual food to sustain you for a couple of hundred lifetimes, right? And uh, use that content, be grateful for it. And uh, maybe we need to start rethinking how ministry is done and and what's the better... (laughs) I don't know a better way. I Look, you know what would be great? That ministry did not require any money. It would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great that ministry required no money? It would be, wouldn't it be wonderful if it didn't? Wouldn't it be wonderful? It would be wonderful that it didn't cost me any money that, to do live broadcasting. It, it wouldn't be, it would be wonderful it, that no money was required, but it does require money. It would be wonderful that, that, Ministers don't need money to live and to pay their bills and to have a house and insurance and take care of their kids. It would be wonderful that it did not require money, but it does. So ministry requires money, and wherever you being fed the most, I think, is something you have to look consider supporting that. I think that's important, and I think that money coming into ministry, it needs to actually be supporting more content being pr- produced uh, I, again, I, I'm not f- trying to flesh this all out. I'm just trying to throw out some ideas. I just think that there's kind of a system that has developed that that's broken, just from a pragmatic, cost-effective approach to the to the information. All right, that took 54 minutes. That really was not my intention. It really wasn't, but it just brought back some of those same issues. So, the foundations group. That let's just end with that. The foundations group. Sermons 2.0 app. Look it up right now. Hit follow. Boom. Check your feed. The newest sermon should be right there in your feed immediately, or you can find it. It's called Remembering God's Work and Word, Deuteronomy 7, 17 through 21. I'm going to try to make it a priority to listen to that before the day is over. If you listen to it, if you listen to anything from the Foundations Group, I would love to get your feedback. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. See, I love it. I don't like it. That's fine. But it's there available. And I like pointing you to as many resources as possible because we have access to so much. I think the problem now, we have access to too much. And it's hard to know what to do. It's almost like, man, what, what do I listen to? I don't know. I got, I got this podcast. I got this sermon. I got this. I got this. I got this. What do I do? What do I do? Sometimes all you can do is just grab the first thing and just start listening and, and make the most out of it. All right. We'll be back today. We're going to be doing live broadcasts throughout the day. But I, yeah, I, I wanted to get to this. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.